my mom always said, you know, throughout my childhood, she said, having a baby is like pulling a cabbage patch doll out of your nose. <laughs> and I don't, I don't really know why she said that. She said it a lot. And I think, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm like, I don't know if I would say that to my daughters, but I, her point I think was that birth is kind of hard, you know, and um, it really, really stuck with me. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Have you ever been disqualified from something? Maybe you were in a swim meet and your feet touched the bottom of the pool. Maybe your scholarship essay was too short and you were taken out of the running. But have you ever been considered disqualified in your birthing location? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 139 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we're speaking with an incredible woman, Jenny Yurdick, founder of 1000 Hours Outside and mother of five children with very different birth stories. In her first birth, Jenny's preeclampsia disqualified her from her birth center experience, and we'll see just how she handled this in subsequent births. You are in for such a treat with this episode. Jenny is a blast. Before we jump in, I'd love to thank our reviewer of the week, Dana, who wrote, love this podcast. I just had my second baby at home via VBAC, and I owe so much of the success to this podcast. I listen to at least an episode a day for the last two months to help prepare my mind. I highly recommend to anyone who is pregnant and prepping for a natural labor. Congratulations, Dana. That is the best news. Would you please email me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com? I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And last thing before we get started, I want to celebrate. Happy Home Birth Podcast just hit 10,000 followers on Instagram. And in order to thank you for your incredible support, keep your eyes peeled for an amazing giveaway this week. Be sure you're following Happy Home Birth Podcast for all the details. Okay, let's jump in. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not meant to prescribe or treat. It's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Jenny, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm so thrilled to be here. Oh, I, <laughs> I love guess it's it. The, it's the first time I'm talking about my home birth. Home uh, births. I, well, I'm honored. Thank you for being willing to share such amazing stories with me, with all of these wonderful listeners who glean so much. And I'm really excited about your stories in particular because I have had such an increased interest in HBACs or home birth after cesarean. And that's what we're going to be discussing throughout your story. So thank you for being willing to share that. And before we get started, would we, could we just take a moment for you to introduce yourself to the listeners? Absolutely. Absolutely. So my name is Ginny Yurich and I am a Michigan mama of five. Uh, we have five kids ages 13 down to five and, um, they're boy, girl, boy, girl, girl. We tipped girl at the end. <laughs> and um, I'm the founder of a global movement called 1000 Hours Outside, which is aimed at 
bringing balance back to childhood, balance between screens and hands-on life. And so that's a really fun thing, a part of our family. And um, we are it kind of fall in that niche of home birth and homeschool and and uh, all the home things. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're just trying to capitalize on our time together with these kids during their childhood and, um, and, and really sort of get, get out of life all it has to offer. So um, that, that's about it. I mean, nothing super, nothing super special over here, you know, I just love the five that. kids trying to figure out what to cook for dinner, you know. Oh gosh. Speaking of, I've got to lay something out as soon as we're done with this interview. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I love that. And that kind of concept, it's what you're focusing on with your mission is, is very similar though, different topics, but just this idea of kind of coming back to the basics. Like what is this yes. really all about? Yeah. You know? It really does all kind of tie in together. Mm. That's amazing. I can't wait to to kind of discuss that with you further. Before that, though, I want to hear about your birth stories, because as you said, you have these five children. We've, we're starting with C-sections and then yeah. transferring over to home birth care. So would you mind just starting from the very beginning and telling us what was your first pregnancy like? What was that like for you? Well, you know, my, my mom always said, you know, throughout my childhood, she said, having a baby is like pulling a cabbage patch doll out of your nose. <laughs> and I don't, I don't really know why she said that. She said it a lot. And I think, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm like, I don't know if I would say that to my daughters, but I, her point I think was that birth is kind of hard, you know, and um, it really, really stuck with me. I was um, afraid to have kids and, um, you know, to a degree. And we waited a while to have babies uh, about five years into our marriage. And then all our friends were having babies. And so we just kind of hopped on board and I didn't really know anything except I had my best friend had had a C-section because her, she had some back problems or something. And so she did this elective C-section and she just talked about how great it was. You know, she was like, it's 45 minutes, you know, you're in and out get this shot, you drink this gross drink, and then it's over, you know, and she was kind of a planner. You can plan it, you know, and all these things. And so, you know, we got pregnant and I just, I didn't know anything, Caitlin. It's just such a bizarre thing. You know, I knew that it was like pulling a cabbage patch out of your nose. (laughs) And I had this one friend who loved her C-section and she was like, you should just elect to have a C-section. You should just, you know, say that's what you want. It's so easy. And, And so it's kind of like leaning, leaning that way. And you know, just going to the appointments and, um, in the sort of in the middle of my pregnancy, we went and visited my brother, um, who my younger brother lived in New York at the time. And he was rooming with, uh, a high school friend and she was a doula, mm. you know, so she started talking about, you know, it, it actually matters how babies are born <laughs> and, you know, there's benefits of the baby coming through the birth canal and, all these different things that I just wasn't aware of at all. And, you know, she led me to Ina May Gaskin and I started reading some of those books and I thought, well, well, I want to give my baby the best shot, you know, the best chance. And so I sort of shifted my mindset from the C-section idea to a birthing center. Hmm. And, um, and so I was really excited about it, actually. Like they had the birth tubs and it was, you know, connected to a hospital and, 
Um, we toured the facility and took birth classes and it sort of became enmeshed in that world a little bit. And toward the end of my pregnancy, I started to swell really bad. And I, I ended up with preeclampsia mm. and the doctors just said, you know, we don't really know what causes this. We don't really know what you can do about it. And it progressed to the point where I was disqualified from the birthing mm. center, which was the word that they used, which I thought was so sad. Yeah. They said, you're disqualified. Oh. It just reminded me of like being a swimmer, you know, when <laughs> I was nine. And if you touch the bottom of the pool with your foot, you're disqualified. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it was such like a, a harsh word. I felt like for, you know, you have all these dreams. And so anyway, the preeclampsia got fairly bad or, or, you know, my, my proteins in my urine or something, the count was really high. And so I had to be induced, um, you know, and it was right around the due date, but, um, you know, that process was so brutal. I I mean, it was so scary. You know, I had a birth plan that I didn't even really understand, you know, I copied it from some book and, you know, you just go in and you're in this hospital and you don't know anybody and you're with a doctor you've never seen before. And it was at night and they just did all these things, you know, they put in some bulb, um, you know, I was hooked up to all sorts of machines. I'd never been in the hospital before. Um, and it was just like the intervention thing, like one thing after another, and they're trying to break the waters. And, um, and actually our son was born with little scabs all over his head because they were actually hooking his head with whatever they were sticking up there. And, and it was a process that went on for, you know, I don't know, 24 hours, some long thing and just ended up being this failure to progress. And they did a C-section and, um, and I was on all sorts of medications because of the preeclampsia. And I just remember kind of nothing. It was just like this cloudy experience, you know, they gave me a baby at the end. Here's your baby. He had jaundice. We were in the hospital for three or four days. Um, and they would put him under the lights and they'd bring him to me screaming and then they'd take him back but I felt like I was just really out of it. And the lactation consultant would come, but I just remember like not even being able to concentrate. Um, anyway, so, you know, but our son is happy and healthy. He's a great kid. He nursed till he was three, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, I guess I didn't really know any different at the time, you know, so I left with my baby in sort of this kind of insane circumstance and, um, not really going how I wanted it to go, but, you know, we came home and moved forward. And then I, he was nursing so much that I thought I couldn't get pregnant. (laughs) And so, um, six months later, I was pregnant with our second. Uh. So they're 15 months apart. And I tried for a VBAC, you know, I really, you know, I really had believed what I read in those books and the the doula friend. And, um, and so I switched care to the midwives at the hospital And that was a really cool experience because the appointments were a little longer and the care was um, a little more caring. Hmm. Um, But there was like some sort of disconnect. I went to the wrong hospital when I actually went into labor. Hmm. Um, They were like, no, this isn't where the midwives are. They're at this other hospital. It's kind of confusing. And, but I was already checked in and I had to be hooked up to an IV because it was a VBAC. And Um, it was just sort of like the same sort of thing where nothing happened and it's failure to progress. And I think I gave that one, you know, it was like a 24 hour, 36 hour shot and ended up doing a C-section with our daughter as well. So we had these two Mm C-sections and then my shift came because, um, 
we got pregnant again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was already like chaos. And we were like, well, let's just add to the chaos. Yeah, and just we throw went, another baby on. You know, right, right. So, and we didn't know Caitlin. We didn't know how many kids we wanted to have. And I felt like I didn't want C-sections to be the determining factor of how many children we had. Right. You know, oh, because some people... It can only do two or three or some people can do six, you know, it depends on the scar tissue. And there's, I think a lot of variables there. And so, um, and so we searched for a midwife in our area for a home birth and how far along out were you with this one after your second baby? Um, so the first two are 15 months apart and the second two are 17 months apart. (laughs) So little, (laughs) you know, they were really, they were really little. Like when I went to the first appointment, you know, they would have been you know, maybe just turned two mm-hmm. and a baby, yeah. you know, I mean, um, you had three under three, even one. Yeah. They were three under three. They were two, one and zero when the third one was born. And I, and I went to the midwife and, um, we found her online. I'd watched the business of being born that documentary. Um, so it was really sort of becoming immersed in that world and, and understanding, you know, the importance of vaginal birth and, and I was thinking I was all amazing going to this midwife and I dressed up, you know, and I, in retrospect, I think we become really good friends. And I think I didn't look as healthy as I, you know, I thought I did. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Like she's sort of made mention that, you know, I'm coming in with these two babies. We weren't eating super healthy, back-to-back pregnancies, you know, Yeah. but bless her. She took me on and, um, and what a difference, Caitlin, the, the whole thing, what a difference it was. The care was completely different, you know, where I always say like with the, with the C-section, it's like, you just get the baby, you know, you go, you sort of have this, you know, possibly traumatic experience, the hand of your baby, you know, hopefully everyone is whole and healthy, thank God. And you go home, but with the home birth, it is just this experience, you know, from start to finish where someone is caring about you and your health and your family, and it changes you and it changes your family, the whole thing. And then, you know, I remembered the birth, you know, with the first two kids, I didn't even, I don't really even recall the timelines or, or any of that, but with these home births. So the first home birth was 24 hours. And I begged to go to the hospital. <laughs> just please, another C-section, please. <laughs> I was like, come out, just take me. And my midwife, but you know, I tell you what, you, you look back and you're like, these are, these are life-changing moments. You know, she looked at my face and she said, look, you know, if we were to go to the hospital, you're not going to have this baby right away. You know, they're going to have, we're going to have to drive there. They're going to have to check you in. You know, they're going to have to wait till they have, you know, a space to get you in the operating room. She said, it's not, you know, it's not a quick fix. Mm-hmm. And And so um, it took 24 hours of, you know, walking around and trying these different movements. And for me, it always worked to put a leg up Mm -hmm. um, and kind of like a lunge, but with like a one leg up and then the baby would shift and they ended up working with all three of my kids. But, um, you know, 24 hours, uh, we had a little boy Mm -hmm. and he was born at nine at night. My in-laws were over all day. The kids were watching cartoons and they could hear me screaming in the other room, (laughs) you know, they were there and, um, I did have a little bit of complications. I tore really bad. Um, and, and so it was sort of laid up for a bit. We had to get a little bit of help and, um, but, but it was just this, 
I mean, it's probably what everybody said, this amazing thing of being home. We had these little birthday presents for the mm. older kids, you know, it's a birthday party and they just got to come in the room and see the baby. And we have these, these beautiful pictures in our bedroom and, you know, and then the midwife came, you know, ours comes a lot, you know, like day one, day three, day seven, I was just coming all the time, you know, just to check in. And, um, and uh, so I felt like what I got out of that experience was that my, I learned that my body wasn't broken. Yes. Which was such a huge, I mean, it was huge, Caitlin, you know, did, like I failure to progress, disqualified, failure to progress. And then it, then it worked. And so each home birth, I ended up having two more, mm-hmm. um, was just, it was a, a new experience where I learned something about myself. So the second home birth, um, I was in a better space to make better nutritional decisions. You know, I think the first one, I was just trying to make it through. And that's what my midwife said, just trying to get you through. And, um, she actually helped me with the preeclampsia, Caitlin, you know, she said that it was uh, toward the end, it was my liver not being able to function for myself and the baby. Mm-hmm. And that was what was causing that. And so I would drink a quart of lemon water in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it would completely take, take it all with the swelling, you know, all the things that would help, you know, the liver to function better. And so she was just trying to help me get through and had really good suggestions on how to do that. And we made it through. And then our second one, um, a little girl, our second home birth was born in six hours. Oh, and so what a difference. What, what I, what, what a difference. And what I learned in that one was that small changes can make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd, I never really believed. I didn't know if I believed it. I mm-hmm. didn't know if I believed that these nutritional things and, you know, this, um, just a little slightly better care of myself and, you know, being maybe in a different mental space or things like that would make a difference. And they sure did. Yes. I mean, a six hour birth. And then my third one was born in, um, 95 minutes. Then you're a marathon. That was really fast. But, um, for the third one, I actually, um, I didn't go in for all my appointments. I, I kind of pulled back a little bit. We had four kids at that point and I wanted to do a little bit more research on my own. And I sort of learned that I can take control of my own health mm-hmm. and the midwife came, but she came, you know, right at the end. And, um, you know, I think maybe I could have delivered that baby on my own. I, I like, I like my midwife, so yeah. I would always want to have her there anyway, mm-hmm. but, um, but what I, that was a huge thing too, was just sort of taking control. That third one for me was a little more of taking control of my own health and, and our, the, our health of a family. And, um, and so Mm. the three homers were just these monumental life altering lessons. Yes. I mean, I had no idea. I had, you know, I had no idea that that's what I was going to get out of it was a complete change in my life and myself and, you know, how I view the world and how I view our family, how I view my body, Mm. you know, and, and we paid for, we paid for ours out of pocket um, you know, but I think you're paying for so much more than the baby. Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. With, you know, which I felt like with the C-sections, you know, you're paying for the baby, you're paying, you know, for them to deliver that baby for you. And, um, you know, but this is just so much more 
Hey mamas, I'm going to interrupt for just a second to let you know that I have a totally new, totally free home birth guide for you. It's called the top eight home birth resources checklist, and it is full of clickable links that will take you to the best podcast episodes, educational resources, and classes regarding home birth in order to get you ready for this life altering experience. Want in? Just head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash top eight to get your hands on it. Okay, back to the episode. And uh, so I'll tell you one funny story. So the, um, so I'm, for the very last baby, I, um, I went to the apple orchard when I was in labor. So we're in Michigan. Where are you at? I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. Do they have apple orchards down yep. there? Yep. Okay. So it was, uh, it was, um, well, actually there's just an apple orchard, but it's got like cherries. It's open all summer long. Okay. So we have some, some friends that we don't see very often. And, you know, during the school year and they go to different school. And, and so we had this plan to go to this apple orchard, I think pick cherries or they had strawberries or something on, on a certain day. And it was right around my due date. And, um, and so, uh, I started to have contractions in the morning, but I'm, I thought, well, if I don't, if we don't go today, we're not going to see these friends for a really long time. Cause I'm <laughs> going to have a newborn, you know, my kids are going to be so disappointed. And I had heard about other people that just kind of really like through their labor, they did stuff, you know, they didn't just kind of like lay around, they, you know, they're baking cakes or they're doing different things. And I thought I'm going to go, it's not super far. I've got a friend that lives really close in case these contractions get really bad. And, um, so we went we spent the day at this, at this apple orchard, just having contractions, you know, like I can't really even hardly talk to my friends and it's like, whatever, you know, we stayed for as long as, as long as I could. And I came home and it was evening and, um, you know, put the kids to bed. It was seven 30 at night. They were still pretty little. I'm like, this baby is coming. We took like a one last photo of everyone, you know, oh. this baby's coming and, um, my water broke at seven 30. And so my, you know, we tried to do the birth tub, it never worked for us, but like we had, my husband's trying to fill it up. We're like down in the kind of like this basement. It was the walkout basement and the, other, the kids are upstairs. So my husband's just running around like a maniac, right? Cause I'm out, I'm out. Like I can't do anything. So he's trying to like the bulb syringe, you know, he's trying to boil that and fill the birth tub up. And it just kind of chaos. He just put all the four older kids to bed. And, and my oldest said he was, he had just turned eight. He said, I, he goes, I came out. He goes, I came out of my room to come get a drink of water. And he said, there was smoke everywhere and you were screaming. And so I just went back to my room. <laughs> the, bulb syringe, the bulb syringe had like caught fire in the pan. Cause like my husband had forgot it was in there boiling. And, um, and you know, that very you know, specific smell that comes with that. <laughs> yes. yes. And so, uh, and so anyway, that baby came with a vengeance, man. My water broke at seven 30. She was born at nine Oh five. And, um, you know, I just, I just remember thinking I just got to open and surrender to it. Mm -hmm. And I just kept saying open, open, you know, and just surrender. And, um, those fast bursts though, man, they are, uh, they take a lot out of you. Oh yeah. They take of, you for a ride. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, wow. there's a name for it. I can't remember what it is. I I've said if it's under four hours, mm -hmm. that yep. sounds right. I would never remember that word. <laughs> Yep. I had, that was my, my second birth was that coming off of a very long first birth, the, I think, what was it? Two and a half, three and a half hours. Some, I always forget. Yeah. It was, it was short enough to where I, forget. anything <laughs> under four or five, I think I is considered this. Yes. And it just yeah. really, it, takes it'll a lot out of you, but 
Well, okay. So I have a few um, questions as I'm, as I'm yeah. processing your journey. And the first question that comes to mind is after you had these C-sections, you know, what I think about with your first is you kind of were planning like, okay, well maybe I'll just have an elective C-section. And then yeah. your whole mindset shifts and it's, no, I'm going to have this birth center birth. I'm reading Ina May. I'm going to do things unmedicated. It's going to be great. And then that's pulled from you. So what was that like? Did you, did you process it that way at the time or were you just kind of like so overwhelmed with everything that had happened? It kind of, it didn't set in at that moment. No, it did. I mean, I was so disappointed, Caitlin. Yeah. I was so disappointed, you know, and, and the fact that they said I was disqualified and the fact that they couldn't help, you know, the fact that they had no, um, no ideas to help with the preeclampsia, you know, here, here it is. And two kids later, I just take this lemon water mm -hmm. and, you know, I think the protein would maybe start to show up in my urine or my, you know, I'd start to swell a little bit and I take this lemon water and I was supporting my liver and kidneys, I guess. And, and, and it would go away. And so, yeah, I was just very disappointed. And I, and I believed, you know, I believe that it was better, you know, it's better for the baby to come vaginally. Of course, it's just obviously the best that everyone's, you know, healthy and, and okay when it's all over. But, you know, I, I did feel very disappointed and, um, I don't think I really knew the gravity of it until I actually had the home birth. Yes. I, I, you know, I think that that happens sometimes. Yeah. To mm -hmm. say, wow, I, I really missed out on an experience and my baby missed out on an experience. And, um, and, you know, that's, that's the way it went. But um, in the, in the moment, like I remember being at the doctor's appointment when they said, you're disqualified and you need to come back, you know, in six hours and we're going to check in and, and we're going to induce. And I, I remember being very scared. You know, I was scared of all those, you know, you read about all the interventions and it was like everything I didn't want. Mm -hmm. And it was so fresh yeah. in your mind. You just read this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was, yeah, I was very disappointed and, and sad and scared and, and all of those sort of things. Mm -hmm. And then when you went for that VBAC and it, turned into another C-section was, what was that like? Um, it felt like just kind of giving up, Yeah, you know, I, you know, I went to the hospital and I, and I remember reading, it's hard, you know, the VBAC is really hard when you're hooked to the machine. Oh gosh. Um, right. Cause you can't move around and it's just such an unnatural environment. Um, and so I think I didn't have super high hope for myself either in that, in that case, because I knew, I knew that those things were going to impede it a little bit. So I don't think I was, um, I wasn't surprised when I gave up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sounds awful. No, I, I but, hear what you're saying. Because I knew, I knew, I knew those things were going to be possibly an issue, right. Mm -hmm. You know, not, you know, it's just beeping and machines and people and, you know, you can't move around and you can't eat and you're not comfortable. And, Mm. Um, so you're swimming you know. upstream. I, oftentimes I say it, it's when you're trying to give birth unmedicated in the hospital, you're swimming upstream. It's not that it can't be done obviously, but right. you're swimming upstream. And then when you add the layer of VBAC to it, 
it's a whole new ball game because then they're treating you differently because this is a VBAC and, you know, there's just kind of right. a stigma to it of, you know, almost like this, like, Ugh, I don't know that you, you know, I'm not sure that you can do it. Um, right. And so I, it's frustrating to me because there are so many regulations in so many states when it comes to VBACs and how, you know, midwives are, it, it, oftentimes they're not legally supposed to even accept VBACs, yet we see that the rate of success for VBACs is so much higher when they're at home, you know? Wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's- I can't even imagine if I wouldn't have been allowed. Right. I probably wouldn't have the kids that I have. Well, and I kind of would love to touch on that. So you you have these two C-sections and then you chose to give birth at home. That's a massive- massive shift. So I'd love to hear more about what that was like for you mentally, what that was like for your family, like you and your husband, when you decided we're having a home birth, what was that like? Well, we were already kind of there, I think because we had read those books and because we had watched the documentaries and well, just the one documentary, but um, we were already there believing in sort of the, the natural way of doing things. And For us, it really was a decision of, we might want to have a large family. And I knew people that had had, you know, two or three C-sections and then they were said, they were told they couldn't have any more kids. And at the time, this would have been in 2011, you couldn't try for a VBAC, like for the third time. Mm -hmm. Um, You could only try once. I'm not sure if that's still a thing. I think it depends place to place. Just depends on your state or your hospital or whatever, but so I had tried the one time and I wasn't allowed to try again. You're so it was, again. It was, yeah, right. Ugh. It was truly our only option to do the home birth. Um, but I was glad that I had had those experiences leading up to it and had read the books because I was really excited about it. You know, I'd read about the farm, you know, with Ina McGaskin and, and it all was very appealing and natural and bodies are made to birth and bodies are made to work. And, you know, the baby is a part of the process and all of those things. And, um, you know, I think I had read childbirth without fear, but during probably during the, during the last three pregnancies, there's so much good literature about it. And so I was excited. Mm-hmm. I was excited because I had known, you know, that that's sort of the route we had wanted to take anyway. And so finally we were kind of, it forced our hand. Right. And what was it like when, when you switched to home birth care, did you start from the very beginning of that third pregnancy with home birth care yeah. or, okay, you did. Mm-hmm. I had to like kind of interview a little bit. And like I said, I think in retrospect, I was expecting she was going to just take us, but in, mm-hmm. in retrospect, I, I, um, I'm thankful that she did. Cause I could have seen her not taking us on. And, mm. um, and so what a gift. Yeah. I mean, she changed our life. Yeah. Wow. Completely. One wow. Or allowed you, I feel like it's a midwife's job is to just expose you. I mean, you did the changing, you did the life changing, but she's giving sure. you that space and that support to be yeah. able to. Yes. And the knowledge and the love and the time. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you get so much out of the home births. Mm-hmm. It's mind blowing really. And you mentioned it is, it is. And, and you mentioned that, you know, with your first, it was kind of this 
experience with your first home birth. It was kind of this experience of like, okay, let's just get you through. Let's just get you through this one. So mm-hmm. what changed between that and your next two home birth experiences? It sounds like you kind of gained more control. You made new choices. What was that like? And and can you be specific on what kinds of things you did differently? Well, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't even really know, and this makes me just sound so silly, but I didn't even really know what, what you ate mattered. <laughs> you know, I like think for the first two, we were eating hot pockets and, mm-hmm. you know, microwave dinners and, um, you know, and by, and sort of through the first home birth, you know, my midwife was starting to talk about water choices and processed foods a little bit, but I think we were a little overwhelmed anyways. We had little ones and change is hard. Oh gosh. Um, but after the, after our first home birth, his name's Charlie, hmm. I, that's when I picked up some cookbooks, you know, and I picked up some of the, you know, the, um, the whole foods, you know, baby food type things hmm. and, and started to have this desire to, you know, cook, cook at home and, and use whole ingredients and not so much processed foods and, you know, just really looking at our environment and toxins and exercise and stretching. And, um, I think I read for the second one, I'd read a couple more books and I really dove into those appointments to learn, uh, how to have a healthier family. Mm. Um, and that I wasn't doing that before. It was something that wasn't really on my radar. In fact, I remember my midwife talking about a salve, um, we always, jo- I always choke around now. She'd talk about all these things in my appointments that I didn't know were a thing. And, <laughs> What's and that I word acted, now? I know I acted like I knew because I didn't want to be embarrassed or who's just, she's going to think I'm an idiot. And then I remember her saying, you know, we talk about it now we joke around. Like she would say, she's got two sons and they were like early grade school when I first met her. And you know, she'd say, well, you know, they're not feeling well. So I'm going to go put them in their wool clothes and put a little bit of oils on their feet. And I'd be like, this lady is so weird. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you know but then I, I learned, you know, that wool helps you maintain your body temperature and you know, that the oils come up to your feet and they help your immune system, you know, so, you know, and I didn't, I, mean, I didn't even know what a stab was. I was like, can you spell the word, you know, like, I'm like, trying to like Google it, but it's got an L in it. And I was like, I, I didn't even know. <laughs> so, um, I learned a lot, you know, yeah. I, and I learned, I learned to trust myself. I learned about, you know, resting afterward. That was a big thing. Um, you know, and you know, Caitlin, one of my other, one of my other thoughts was when we switched to home birth as well was because I had, you know, I had a daughter and I don't, I don't think this is like the end all be all, but I was like, I, I want to have a vaginal birth so I can possibly help her someday, mm. you know, and then I ended up having two more daughters and you know, to, to have had that experience is empowering, um, for me to know that when I'm a grandma, you know, I can help. I think I can help, Mm -hmm. you know, I actually got to help with one home birth, which was, um, along the way uh, a couple of years ago. So, um, that's a, that's a big part of me too, that I wouldn't have had, you know, if I only would have had the C-section experiences, that would be something I think that would be really missing for when my, you know, you know, hopefully someday if my daughters, you know, um, have babies and, and I can help. And and I think I can help friends and, you know, other young people who are coming up and it's their turn and they're having their babies. And um, isn't that what it's all about? I mean, oh, I just love the idea of reestablishing this connectivity, you know, reestablishing this 
helping of the next generation and the next generation and and something that's kind of sticking out to me as you're talking about this about you know being able to support your own daughters not that your mother at all intentionally you know caused strain or stress but just this idea of you know a cabbage patch coming out of your nose you're Mm. able to give your daughters this beautiful concept of of strength and then, and Mm. watching your progression and and how, you know, it sounds like you took on more and more responsibility each time, whether they know that from, you know, whether they remember it specifically or not, that they were still there for that. And they still were a part of that transition. And you know, that's Mm. going to impact them. And one thing that I really wanted to um, kind of (laughs) flesh out a little bit more is you talked about how, like I just said, you talked about that transition. You talked about how you, you guys were eating, you know, processed foods and all of the, the typical, you know, mainstream standard American diet stuff. Then you had this Mm -hmm. home birth and somehow it sounds to me from the outside perspective, it sounds a lot like you know, something flipped, something switched in you. And after having that experience, it you took on this new layer of asking questions and wait a minute, like there are things that I can change and I can, I can take control of these situations. And it sounds like your birth experience was that rite of passage that, that we talk about. You know, you had that rite mm-hmm. of passage and all of a sudden everything in your maternal world is shifting. Right. It changed the whole trajectory because it's like, well, if I can help my own body and if I can help heal my own body, and if I can make these decisions that are really impactful, you know, to go from a 24 hour birth to a six to an hour and a half, Mm. you know, I saw firsthand that what we do can really affect our health in a positive and empowering way. And so like, you know, for our own kids, you know, I mean, no one's ever needed a doctor's appointment, Yeah, you know, or they get a little ear infection here or there. We've, we've learned that there are powerful remedies mm-hmm. that are right at our fingertips and we've got the salves um, now. Yeah, no, I know <laughs> what a salve is. I might even make one. I mean, here, who, who would have thought we have, you know, we have our wool clothes, you know, we have them for the fall and the winter. And if kids get a cold, I do put them in. I mean, I'm doing all the things, you know, one of the things my midwife said, and I like even talk about this now. I've done sessions on it. You know, she says, if you get outside before noon, that the sunlight, uh, the full, full spectrum sunlight triggers your body and your, in your internal clock and your melatonin and your serotonin, and it helps you sleep better at night. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember thinking, she didn't say that. She just said, you should try and get your kids out before noon and they'll sleep better. You know, yeah. and I was like, well, now that's weird. You know, what, what in the world, what could that even do? But, you know, now that I've learned more about it, you know, of course she was right. She's always right. And uh, she was right about all the things all along, you know, but these, these things that seem small are very significant and very powerful in, in changing the the health and the well being of um, family life. And, you know, so we did like, um, you know, what did we do? We did the herbal bath. You know, which, which I we thought was weird, you know, even <laughs> here's the, here's the thing, Caitlin. Okay. So I was supposed to drink these herbal teas, these loose leaf teas. And I don't know if that, if you did that, if you're midwife, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh yeah. Um, Nora it, tea. I, okay. Yeah. It's tea and it has horsetail and raspberry. <laughs> I, I never, I didn't, have, I never had tea. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And so she's, you know, she's trying to tell me and I'm like, 
know, like, should I be jotting down notes? You know, she gives me this bag of it. It looks like it smells like a barn, you know, this <laughs> bag of stuff. You know, like throw in a pot and boil it and then strain it. And, you know, I've never done this before. And then, and then I've got this jar of brown liquid and it didn't taste good. And I'm like, what? And so I was, I was microwaving it every morning <laughs> to warm it up, you know? So I came in and I was like, I'm not really getting this tea thing. You know, I'm like, it's just, it's cold. It's in my fridge. I'm microwaving it. And she just looks at me. She's so horrified. You know, like, no, it's not what you're supposed to be doing. You know, but then, you know, so we learned that, you know, using the same type of herbal is different things, but, you know, we made the herbal baths and, and then, you know, I had a kid get, you know, years later, I had a kid get kind of like a funky rash and wouldn't, and I don't know, it wasn't going away quite quite quickly enough. And so we made herbal baths, you know, I, I went and bought some more and put her in and, you know, and it helped to heal it right up. And, um, so it's almost like you end up with so much more tools in your arsenal, Mm -hmm. you know, things that you didn't have before things that for me, it was things I didn't even know existed, you know, um, and how would I have ever known, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so the process for me just was enlightening. Oh, yeah. it's, that's what I say. it's like you get you get so much out of it beyond the baby yeah. you know um, and you know I think that the c-sections are I mean I do think they're easier you know if if all outcomes were the same um it is easy to go in and 45 minutes later they hand you a clean baby mm-hmm. you know and um but you know there's so many unexpected things on the home birth journey that um you know, it's like the kids meeting, the kids meeting in the safety of their own home, you know, they yeah. meet their sibling. And that was a thing. Like, I remember, you know, my kids nurse until they're, you know, three-ish or sometimes longer, <laughs> uh, you know, but when our oldest was 15 months and, you know, and now he has this little sibling, you know, he hadn't been away from mom. And, mm. um, and then, you know, he's got grandparents bringing him to a hospital. He'd never been in a hospital, you know, yeah, not, except for when he was born. No, he was, he was timid and, um, you know, so that experience of him coming and then having to leave, you know, and we, we were gone for several days and, um, you know, my husband had to kind of go back and forth. That was a thing, you know, with the second one, with the second cesarean section, I was really alone, Caitlin, like, yeah. the, you know, we had this 15 month old at home and he was still a baby, you know, he just started walking. And, um, so my husband would go home and I was like alone in this hospital room mm. with the baby. And I remember like having gas pains. I remember being really scared, having some gas. I couldn't, I remember not being able to like reach over and get the baby out of the bassinet. You know, they they don't let the baby sleep on you because you know, you're up high and it's a hard floor. And, um, you always have to, if the, you know, the baby's sleeping or you're sleeping, you have to be in the bassinet, the little crib thing by your bed. And I remember like, she woke up and she's crying and I had just had surgery. Mm. My husband wasn't there. And I couldn't even move my bed. I mean, I'm trying to like get her. I'm having to call for help, you know, to someone I don't even know. I mean, uh, I was, that was hard. Oh my gosh. But, you know, you know, when you're, when you're home, you know, you have, you have people there and, um, your kids just come in the bed with you. And so that was, um, something that I wasn't unexpected. I wasn't expecting, you know, mm-hmm. that the older kids got to meet the baby in the safety and comfort of their own home. Yeah. And, the, and, and how much that has to facilitate bonding. I mean, yeah. just yes. like, just like it does for, for parents, for us as parents, that yeah. ability for 
the children to be able to be in their safe, comfortable space, meeting this new sibling that they know where it came from. <laughs> you know, it didn't just come yes. from some weird random building. Yeah. They know that this came here in our home and to be able to facilitate that deep level. I, I always think about that with my two girls who are, I mean, unbelievably close. <laughs> like Aww. my oldest was there when, when yeah. her sister was born, she watched her, you know, she watched her into the world and it's just like, I mean, what a bond. What a, yes. What, what a bonding what a bond. experience. And one Our, final thing that I wanted to ask yeah. you about was in relation to this last birth that you had, you talked about the fact that you, you took on more responsibility. I, that is like, <laughs> I could stand up and preach about it all day. <laughs> like just mm -hmm. this concept of this realization that it's, your responsibility, no matter what, mm. no, whether you, whether you realize it or not, your birth and your baby, that's your responsibility, mm. you know, wherever mm. you give birth. So what was it like for you having that realization and stepping into that powerful place of this is me, this is nobody else's responsibility. It's mine. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just felt this, in, um, I felt this, um, I don't even know what the word is. Mm -hmm. Like, I, it was just impressed on me that like, this was my time. Mm -hmm. This was my, it was the third time around. You know, I felt like I learned what I needed to learn in order to learn more. Um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like I had the, if I get the foundation there to, to learn sort of the last pieces of you know, what I needed to do to kind of juggle that one on my own. And I remember my midwife is in, in retrospect, we've talked about it. And she said, you know, I, I just, I kind of went into myself. I drew into myself. What strength do I have? And, and, you know, how can I empower myself? Because, you know, and this midwife is not always going to be there. I mean, now we're friends, thank goodness, because I love her. Right. <laughs> uh, and and I'm, I was hoping, that was like my hope from the very beginning, Caitlin. <laughs> I was like, well, if I have this fifth baby, maybe I can cinch the deal. We'll be friends forever. <laughs> and I did it. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, that that's all we have, you know, is we have ourselves and we have, you know, our spouse or partner and, um, you know, that often we're going to have to draw from whatever we, whatever we have, mm -hmm. that's what we get to draw from. And so, um, and so I just, I felt like I had enough of what I needed to really navigate that one on my own. And, mm -hmm. and I, and I did, and mm -hmm. I did, I mean, she came so fast and she just came out and it was, it was hard. And, you know, like you said, I had, and my, I, um, ours just goes boy, girl. So we had a daughter and she was, um, six when our last one was born and she had, she wanted to be the first one to meet her, you know, didn't know if it's a boy or girl, you know, at the point, but yeah, can you, you know, she's like, can you wake me up? You know? And, and so, you know, at the baby was born and, you know, we take our hour and just kind of regroup and, mm. And my husband went and got her up and is, you know, it's like the middle of the night to her, it was maybe 11, you know, but <laughs> I've got this picture of her. She's just beaming. Oh. And she's holding this baby and so thrilled. And, um, and I mean, it's kind of what it's all about. It, it's an, it's an experience. Mm -hmm. And I, 
And that was, and I, you know, it's stolen is the wrong word, but you know, I missed it. I missed the experience for the first two. It wasn't anything. It was just, you know, making it through. And these are just like these lovely life altering, memorable, beautiful, fulfilling, um, experiences where you learn and you grow as a person and your family grows. And so I don't know, I went into it, not knowing what to expect. I went into it because my hands were tied. Basically mm -hmm. it was a, almost a forced decision, but so glad. And, and then in that, from that aspect, Caitlin, I'm kind of glad I had those C-sections Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, it brought me to a world that I didn't know existed and probably maybe wouldn't have chose on my own. I maybe would have stuck with the birth center or um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, had it gone other ways, I'm not sure where we would have ended up, but they have just, those home births completely changed mm -hmm. the entire trajectory of our entire family. And I'm so thankful for them. Oh, I love to hear that. And, and I can see it in your mission and in what you do with 1000 hours outside, you know, you guys are so family driven. And, and as we were saying, before we began interviewing, it's this concept of back to basics, you know, back to home, right. back to togetherness, right. back to family. So would right. you mind taking just a little bit of time to kind of explain to the listeners what 1000 hours outside is, how that's benefited your family and how it's impacting families across the globe? I'd love to hear it. Well, that it, it is, it is back to sort of nature and back to natural ways of doing things. You know, you've heard the story now that the kids were really close in age. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they were um, two, one and a baby. And I was really drowning as a mom, Caitlin. I mean, I was depressed and discouraged and the needs were just so great. They were all nursing, you know, they're all in diapers. And my husband had a long commute. He was gone for 10 hours. And so, you know, that was a part of my journey too, which was, I, I just didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And and I, I didn't know what to do with the birth. I didn't know what to do with the kids. I just didn't know. And um, and so we were trying all these different programs, local programs, library, you know, and it was so much work to get these three little kids to the thing. And then they're crying and they don't want to be there. And, you know, this one has to go to the bathroom. I mean, it was just a mess. You know, it's like going to change diapers. You got to drag all three of them. It was so exhausting. And I had a friend who um, was reading the work of Charlotte Mason, who I... Mm. Didn't I didn't know who that was, but like turned out later, she's like from the 1800s. I mean, if I would have known that at the beginning, I would have been like, well, why are we reading? Why are you reading that? But she just had, you know, she was this educator and this, I mean, she just uh, was really, I think, wise. She didn't even have kids of her own, but she had all this wisdom about children and family and just got these great books. But one of the things that she says is that kids should be outside for four to six hours whenever the weather is tolerable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sort of the same thing, like with the salves and the wool clothes and the sunlight before noon, I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, that's kind of absurd. And, um, but you know, you want to have friends <laughs> when your kids are little. So, you know, this friend was like, let's go to the park from nine to one, you know, bring a picnic. I was like, all right, but what's everyone going to do, but I'll go. Okay, fine. <laughs> And it was just, I mean, it just changed our life, Caitlin, this one day because the kids just played mm -hmm. and I didn't even know that they would do that. It wasn't even a playground. It was like this grassy field and there was a Creek with rocks and ducks and the, you know, we each had a babe in arms that we were nursing. Mine was like my home birth baby. And then the, I had the other two kids and they were two and one or something or, and they just ran around and they mm -hmm. jumped off of things and they chased squirrels and they played with the two other kids that were there. And 
it changed my life, you know, because it was one o'clock and then everyone was tired and they slept and I drove around for hours so that they would sleep more. Mm -hmm. And then the day was almost over. And it was just this moment of hope for me that I could make it through those early childhood years. And um, so we sort of radically shifted like how we radically shifted to home birth. We radically shifted how we scheduled our time mm. to include sort of these large nature chunks um, and just, just really simple things, but it helped me make it through the day. And then very quickly, our kids were thriving, weren't getting sick. You know, they're, they're learning faster. They're um, doing more complex movements. They're happy. They're sleeping, you know? And so there is just stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of research that point to how outdoor play, just that's it. It doesn't have to be structured, just going outside wherever you are. It helps kids with their whole development. It helps them academically, their minds work better and helps their social skills. It helps their emotionally, helps them physically, obviously, and that helps the parent. So it's just like this huge win-win, this simple thing. And I ended up adding our time outside at some point because I, I don't know, I've got a math degree and <laughs> I had read that the average kid is outside for four to seven minutes a day, <sighs> for four to seven hours on screens. And so I was like, I'm going to add up how much time we had this like little nature group. We're trying to, you know, go, it's like 18 to 20 hours a week. And it ended up being 12, we were outside for about 1200 hours a year on average for a couple of wow. years. And I, it was, it matched the screen time average. The screen time average at that time was 1200 hours a year. And I was like, whoa, you know, we would just be missing out on so much if that time had gone to screens. Mm -hmm. And I could think back at how full our years were, just this going to the park, you know, seeing the fall colors and picking strawberries and doing things that hardly cost anything that were pretty accessible, you know, and was, they were making our lives so full and rich. And I thought, what if what if we didn't have those? What if those times had gone to screen? So I thought, well, I'm going to write about this because it was so life-changing for me. And I called it 1000 hours outside because it was catchier than 1200 hours outside. <laughs> and it's just like this thing of what if we brought back balance, you know, like we still have screens and the kids like video games and they watch cartoons and things, but you know, what if there was a little bit more balance as opposed to four to seven minutes versus four to seven hours. And so it's like this mission of of bringing back hands-on experiences to childhood and to family life. And, uh, and I don't know, it's gone around the globe. Yeah, I mean, it's the simplest concept, but it's very profoundly impactful. You know, just paying attention to how much, how much time we're getting outdoors. You know, kids didn't used to have to do that. Right. Um, Cause they just naturally did, right. They came home from school and there weren't so many extracurriculars and there wasn't so much homework and the school day was shorter and the kids were outside in the neighborhood. And that's kind of just what you did, but it's not really what people do anymore. So to be intentional about it um, changes the year and and makes it very fulfilling and um, and then like, like I said it helps with every facet of child development so uh, it's a simple concept but has a really um, kind of mega impact just because nature is so impactful yes just like you so, were saying with your midwife saying you know oh you should get outside before noon <laughs> you know like yeah it's so simple it's mm -hmm. so simple but it's really powerful you know, in terms of how much it helps health and well-being and happiness, you know, it helps your body release serotonin. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the feel-good thing, right? And then the serotonin turns into melatonin. It's like this whole, we're, we're supposed to be outside, mm. you know, we're supposed to be. It helps reset our rhythms and um, and kids, kids thrive there. You know, you give them a little bit of time and space. There's this really good book called Balanced in Barefoot. 
I really like this book, Balance and Barefoot by Angela Hanscom. I also really like the first 40 days. I don't know if your listeners, yeah, um, that one has to do with birth, but I really liked that one too. But Balanced and Barefoot is about, you know, unrestricted play and how it's so helpful for children. It's written by a pediatric occupational therapist. Her name's Angela Hanscom. And um, she says sometimes it can take kids up to 45 minutes to develop a play scheme. And so actually it really kind of reminds me of birth that like, sometimes you just have to wait it out. You know, it's like, you just have to kind of breathe through the hard moments and the play is sort of similar. You know, the kids are bored for a little bit at the beginning and they don't know what to do and they're bugging and, you know, but if you, if you folding your cards too early, you miss out on sort of the beauty that comes. And then, then they, they dive into their playing and their make believe. And, um, but sometimes you have to, to wait to get there. And I don't know, birth is kind of the same, right? Yeah. And it seems to me like there's, yeah, it seems to me like there's also the mindset shift for mothers because I find myself, I think that some people will relate to this. It's like, okay, we'll go outside, but I've got to finish the dishes first and I've got to do this first and I've got to pick this up. And, oh, now this is a mess. So I need to clean this up. And, then yeah. your day is lost on these menial tasks. So yeah. it, it seems like the mindset comes before everything else as well of, well, this is the most important thing is that we're getting yes. outside. And that's why we have a goal because you have goals for things that are hard to do. And I think the hardest thing to do is to set aside time for it because there are so many other worthwhile you know, needed activities that, you know, that are a part of a day and are part of a year. Um, And so by having a goal, it ensures that we don't miss out on those joys, you know, those, those parts of life. And and I never, you know, I, it's almost, it it really does. It's, it's very much in line with the birth. Like I never regret, I've not had one outdoor experience that I've regretted. There's Mm -hmm. been a ton of them. And most of them where I'm like, I probably shouldn't be doing this. I probably should be doing something else. You know, I probably should be, you know, we're not like a house is too messy. You know, I I probably shouldn't be, or this seems irresponsible, you know, but there's never been one outdoor experience that I've regretted and been like, oh, we probably should have just stayed home, you know, Mm -hmm. or probably should have gotten that other thing done. You know, they all have these beautiful moments. And I think I feel the same way about the home births, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't regret it for one second. It's just, I'm so glad. I'm so glad, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and they brought so much more to our life and our family life than I could have ever imagined. And I feel the same way about, you know, our nature time and, and getting outside and just, um, you know, breathing the fresh air and seeing the beauty and the seasons change. Life Mm -hmm. is beautiful. You know, it has hard parts too. And people have really hard, hard situations, but, um, you know, life is beautiful. And I think simple is beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, wow. Oh gosh, Jenny, this has been such an amazing conversation. And it's, it is, it's so fascinating how, when we, when we go back to the very simple things, we find such joy and such uh, life-changing passion, you know, for, yeah. for things yeah. so simple. And I love how you have been able to share your experience of, you know, starting one way and then this massive transformation in your life and how that uh, affected the entire trajectory, like you said, and and how now, oh my gosh, it's affected the lives of of hundreds of thousands of people. And how, how phenomenal Mm. is that? Um, and it all starts at home. So 
Yes. Thank you, Jenny, so, so much for sharing with us. It has been an honor. Would you mind taking just a minute um, to share with all of the listeners where they can find more about you and more about 1000 Hours Outside? You're the sweetest. It's been an honor for me. Like I said, this is the first time I've ever really talked about our home births in, pu in public, even mm. though in private, we've talked a lot and, you know, they've been so life-changing, you know, talk to friends and things, but so thank you for having me on. What an honor. Um, my, I'm easy to find. My website is just 1000hoursoutside.com with 1000hoursoutside.com. And we've got just these kind of tracker sheets that are free to print off to track your time, you know, and it's modeling balance for kids between nature and screens. I think that's important. It gives them a skill set um, for, for for their own lives. So if they're old enough, the kids join in. So we've got these free tracker sheets and blog posts and fun things there. I've got a book um, with activity, you know, like nature-based activities uh, that just came out this year. So that's fun. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook, just, you know, 1000 hours outside and people use hashtag 1000 hours outside. And it's fun to see people all around the world, what they're doing and the places that they're going. And um, that's about it. That's uh, easy to find me. Oh, Thank you so much, Jenny. Like I said, it was such a blast to talk to you. You had so yeah, thank you, many nuggets. It was just a blast. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Yes, yes. And goodbye to all the listeners. It was great to be here. Really appreciate it. I don't think I could enjoy a conversation more if I tried. Jenny's bubbly personality radiates warmth. Maybe it's from all that time she's spending outside. What an amazing episode, and as we head into the episode roundup, a few thoughts have really stuck with me. Number one, the people who surround us can play such a huge role in our decisions. When we look back at Jenny's first birth, she was considering an elective C-section, as her friend very much enjoyed hers. But then, her brother's roommate introduced her to the work of Ina Mae Gaskin, and her whole story was changed. Though the first two births did not work out nearly how she had desired, the seed was planted, and Jenny's perception on birth was forever changed. Number two, small changes can add up to massive results. Jenny discussed how after simply getting through her third pregnancy and first home birth, she was ready to start making changes during her next pregnancy. She was able to head off her preeclampsia symptoms with liver support and appropriate nutrition, and her labor was dramatically shortened. And then Jenny learned that birth was her responsibility. She took complete control in her final home birth, and that 95-minute birth experience taught her so many lessons. We are always responsible for our birth, but when we recognize that and actually capitalize on it, Oh, what an incredible difference it can make in the lives of our entire family. And finally, simplicity is beautiful. Jenny simplified her birth through unmedicalizing it. And she simplified her life by putting the focus on spending time in nature with her family. The real nectar comes from the basics and Jenny's life is a glorious testimony to it. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you for today. Be sure to check out Happy Home Birth Podcast on Instagram for the giveaway this week, and I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.